0: to the rockaways it's time for the queens new yorker and here is the man giving you all the info your uber snazzy and jazzy host mr jason cania <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Alright. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, what a group.
0: Ha ha ha.
1: Woo! Thank you very much. Oh. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you. Wow. What a group, and thank you very much, and welcome to another edition of The Queen's New Yorker. It is episode number 118. Oh boy, two more to the 120th episode. Getting there quick on this Saturday, July 18th, 2020. My Saturday group is here, and this is uh another uh, continuational episode of uh, what I like to call part three of where we are now. We're still on parkways, but this is, I guess, this is a long history of this particular parkway, which we're talking about. So uh, the analytics don't really show. Maybe Thursday is just one of those bad days of of showing it. I don't know. But today we're going to look at part three of, once again, the continuation of the Northern State Parkway, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a darn good parkway with a lot of history. So, you know, and we're going to cover it here. So, (laughs) yep. Yeah. So, um... The episode uh, two of the Legacy of Queens really took off. I mean, from the first episode, had 24 views and nine comments and five likes and no dislikes. So the special edition of the tribute to my grandmother, Josephine France, whopping 36 views, seven comments, six likes and a dislike, which I know who it is. But you all did really good on it. Thank you very much but was a little dry on Thursday's episode of part two of the Northern State Parkway. 22 views, no comments, three likes and a dislikes. What's up with Thursday folks is Thursday and not a great day to catch an episode of the Queens, New Yorker. What's the problem? Cause you all showed it great on Tuesday with 56 views is it because I'm doing multiple parts of the of the parkways folks I want to explain something when a parkway or any particular type of thing we're talking about has a long history and a historic section it has to be covered this program focuses on that history okay That is what you subscribe to, folks. You subscribe to a history channel, basically, of the borough of Queens to learn about it, to be inspired by its great accomplishments, what it took to get it done here, okay? These are the things that you did, and I thank you very much for them. I know I might sound like I'm complaining and everything, but 22 views just does not cut it, folks. That is just disgusting. And I, I'm telling you, I don't know what you were doing on this on the 16th of July. I mean, maybe my other show probably was, you know, overtaking it. I don't know. But whatever you were doing, there were plenty of notifications out there. Everybody gets notified. If you have not subscribed to the channel and you're just unsubbed and subbed and, and didn't genuinely sub to this channel, then you need to really think about it and decide whether you want to support the Queens of New Yorker or not. OK, so. That's your homework assignment this weekend. And I understand, you know, I can understand the weekend. We have time to watch these things, but I don't make these programs that long. We all have short attention spans. I understand that. I totally do. Okay? So no more than 20 minutes on this, no more than 30 minutes on the legacy because the legacy shows they have a little bit more meat that they have to be covered. I want to give you the information as much as I can, but I want to give it to you in small doses so you're not overwhelmed, so you're not taking in so much, and you can watch these programs at any time you want. When they're archived, they're they're great. They're still active, and they will be active. All right? So with that in mind, 1,063 subs. Kind of bouncing around between 1,000 and 1060, and we haven't got to 1070 yet. But the views keep going up though, 11,794 views, give yourselves a round of applause. you deserve it. You know? Yes. I thank you very much for. That. And you know, sometimes, folks, you have to be a little bit firm to get the point across. All right, let's pick it up where we left off with. We're now on, we're still in the um, solutions section of the Northern State Parkway. We were on paragraph number, let's see, one, two, we're on paragraph number four. And um, we're talking about the solutions to the problems here of. of uh, continued arguments of how they were going to propose all of this, okay? So here we go. Of course, this is all the information from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, pictures by the Wikimedia, okay? Robert Moses sent a letter to Ernest Buckland about why the LISPC, LISPC had done so much for the southern shores of Long Island and not enough for the northern side. Moses accused the residents of Wheatley Hills and now West Hills of blocking a new parkway through the northern shore. The letter, however, made no reference to accusations made by the either day by the C, and it was questioned if Moses had heard about it. Moses stated that uh, there had never been more opposition to one project since 1924. Moses denounced the, the NCCC and its views to prevent and or postpone all state development in northern Nassau County. Moses backed his right-of-way that the motor parkway would have no value for state parkway design, being too narrow and poorly constructed through the center of Nassau County. Moses decried the idea as a ridiculous suggestion and pushed all of the traffic into the center of the island. Moses argued that traffic congestion in northern Nassau County required desperate measures to get a parkway through the system along with other roads being widened. Moses decried that the traffic would not go through the southern or central parts of the county, but would use local roads through Nassau County, including North Hempstead Turnpike, which was the only west-east artery. Compared to the southern half of the county where four arteries were being widened or constructed, The LISPC is not to blame for these problems, but the estate owners in Wheatley Hills and the local politicians representing them over the general public. December 1929, Moses, along with Clark, were present at the office of Alfred Smith at the Empire State Building in Manhattan, in which an argument was formed to solve the property questions for the residents of Wheatley Hills. Smith, August Hershire, and Henry Winthrop acted as counselors in settling the dispute. The settlement that was determined is the Northern State Parkway alignment would be moved south to quiet the residents of Wheatley Hills. The LISPC would give $175,000 to acquisition, along with $25,000 from Heckscher and $700,000 from Nassau County. The original parkway would have a minimum width of 160 feet, but the deal widened that to 250 feet. It was also announced that Governor Roosevelt had approved the change and that the rest of the alignment through Long Island would remain the same as the original 1925 proposal. Now, this agreement ended the four-year fight with the residents of Wheatley Hills, West Hills, and Old Westbury that had objected to the original alignment. And while the compromise was a success for the residents of Wheatley Hills, according to Robert Caro in The Power Broker, The $175,000 was a smokescreen for the fact that the land purchasing would cost $2.25 million, and rather than the locals, the taxpayers would be stuck with the majority, over 90% of the bill, from the acquisition. The $175,000 also was claimed by Moses to have been spending for the entire cost of the detour rather than the land acquisition. Caro goes on to explain that the accommodations made for the citizens of Wheatley Hills denied Long Islanders some of the parks on the North Shore that had been proposed by Moses pardoning Comsat State Park. Caro also explained that along with the $10,000 bribe that Moses had accepted, the illegal purchases of the Taylor estate would turn him into a beating stick for the politicians of New York to get him to stop fighting. Now let's take a look at the funding and the construction. This is all part of the history. So now we go to the funding and the construction. Now, the first segment in March 1931, over a year removed from the Wheatley Hills debacle, Moses announced the beginning of the construction of the Northern State Parkway in Nassau County. The groundbreaking ceremony for the first section of the Northern State was held on March 9th, with Moses at the controls of a steam shovel on the estate owned by Nicholas Brady in North Hills. Construction, a small segment from the New York City line where it would eventually meet the Grand Central Parkway and east to Sarrington Road and Mineola Boulevard. Five bridges would be constructed in the original contract, Willis Avenue in Mineola, Sarrington Road in the North Hills, Shelter Rock Road and the Long Island Motor Parkway in Lakeville, and Middle Neck Road in Lake Success. The first project would cost about $350,000. On June 6th, New York City voted to approve the beginning of construction of the Grand Central, which would connect from the Inner Parkway to the northern state at Lake Success. Construction of the project would begin in 1932 with paving and landscaping. Governor Roosevelt announced on July 22nd that he would come to the site where the northern state and the Grand Central would eventually meet and lay a new cornerstone to mark the spot on July 26th. The governor, who was touring throughout Nassau and Suffolk County, called the project a significant upgrade to provide the city with proper traffic outlets. Roosevelt laid mortar on the previously placed cornerstone, while Robert Moses announced that the state aid would be requested. The day prior, the contract... For grading of the new parkway from the city line to Lakeville Road, along with the construction of the Long Island Motor Parkway and Lakeville Road bridges, was awarded. And as Moses had warned, the LISPC requested over $5.5 million in funds for the project to be completed in 1932. All the land for it had been accepted to the commission, and a majority of the money went to paying for the Northern State Parkway. In January of 1932, the budget submitted by Roosevelt would start moving money towards fast-tracking construction parkways on Long Island, as the Westchester Parkway system was in full force. $1.8 million was appropriated for the Northern State Parkway construction, along with $92,000 for landscaping work, out of the $9.5 million requested for Long Island in total. However, in February, the state legislature cut down the amount of money on the budget that Roosevelt had submitted. Instead of the $1.8 million, which was cut from the budget, $200,000 was instead given to the Grand Central Parkway. Now, Roosevelt slammed the decision by the Republican leaders in the legislature as a cleverly disguised salary reduction program. The cuts also included $15 million for parkways and highways, which would break an agreement in 1929 that would go to the construction of facilities for motorists. In response, Moses and the LISPC went and applied for federal grants on july eighteenth to pay for the Northern State along with the other projects slashed in the budget. One million dollars was requested to pave both the Grand Central and the Northern State. Two weeks after Moses requested the money, it was approved by the federal government to get one point five million to pave the Grand Central and Northern State the latter of which had been constructed from the Queens line to Willis Avenue. It was also stated that Moses hoped the construction projects would be finished by January 1st of 1933 rather than the 1932 completion date for the Northern state originally proposed. July 8th, 1933, the state of New York announced that the Grand Central Parkway from Queens Boulevard and Kew Gardens to the city line, and the Northern State Parkway up to Willis Avenue in Middiela would be open to traffic on July 15th. The new parkways, both 40 feet, 44 feet wide, would have 20 access points along the alignment with a system of frontage roads to benefit access. The LISPC stated that the new roadway would be able to handle three and a half times the amount of traffic that local roads could handle and would find it much easier to get to the northern shore. The new governor of New York, Herbert Lehman, would open the new project, and it cost the LISPC $6 million, including $3 million on land acquisition for the Grand Central. Governor Liam opened the alignments at the entrance to the Grand Central Parkway and Kew Gardens. When completed with the speech, Lehman removed the flagpole that had blocked the entrance to the road in front of 2,000 people, including 500 guests from the LISPC. Flags were raised and the Star-Spangled Banner was played by a band. Lehman noted that this is the end of isolation for Long Island, but concerned if the city could afford maintenance as control of the Grand Central would be turned over from the LISPC to the city. The governor and state officials moved out to Mineola after the ceremony where Lehman headed off for Albany. The rest went for a dinner. However, the first segment, of the North, northern state, was open nine years after first proposed. And there you have it. We'll leave it off there for part three. When we come back on part four on Tuesday, which will be the 21st of July, we'll look at the extensions to Wantaw State Parkway. If we get down to it, we'll look at the extensions to the Sagittos State Parkway. Changes during the 1950s and 60s. There's a whole slew of historic stuff. The parts for the Northern State Parkway, well, they're going to go on for a while here. But we hope you enjoy part three of this great history of the Northern State Parkway. I'm Jason DeCanio. Thank you very much. We will see you the next time on the Queens New Yorker. Remember, be honest, be real, and always keep reaching for the stars, as Casey Kaysen would say. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.
0: You have been watching the
1: Queens New Yorker.
0: This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCaneo internet presentation. Thank you for your support. Música <Derulo>:. Thank you.